You're now listening to the Fantasy Filler Podcast. Where we put you in the driver's seat every week, all year long. In the NASCAR racing world, from top news stories, latest results, and best fantasy lineups, we'll have you up to speed and out in front before the drop of the green flag. So let's dive in with our host, Vanilla Wafers. We are now already in race number two of the 2023 season as we just got done with the Daytona 500. An action-packed race, a lot of excitement, and of course a wild card taking the victory. Now we go from the East Coast all the way to the West Coast to Auto Club Speedway, which will be the last race at this current format of this racetrack. We might dive into that a little bit, but the most important thing we're going to be diving into is the top fantasy picks here for this weekend. Who are the top picks? Who is going to complete the rest of the top 10? And which driver should you take a gamble on? All that will be included in today's episode of the Fantasy Filler Podcast. Hopefully you guys are doing really well and hopefully you guys are excited here for this race. I know a lot of people are anticipating a good race here. Before we dive into that, we do have a special guest here for the third episode in a row. The motorsports minister himself, Armani, has came back once again to share with us his opinions and top fancy picks. Armani, thanks once again for coming on the show. Thank you for having me on. I'm excited to talk some Auto Club. Obviously, we had a chaotic 500 to say the least, especially towards the end, but now we're moving from the east side from my home state of Florida to now we're going to the west coast for Auto Club Speedway in what should be the final race on this two-mile configuration. Yes, so they've been talking about that recently, that it is going to be reduced down to a shorter racetrack. We are not certain for the longest time it was going to be a half mile. Now there are talks of it being a two-thirds of a mile. Either way, is do you think this is the right call for Auto Club Speedway, or do you wish they would have kept the two-mile racetrack? Well, here's the thing about the two-mile track. Yes, it's entertaining now, but you're going to eventually have to repave the track, and especially considering Auto Club is a relatively old track. I don't think they've repaved it since the 90s or the early 2000s, if I'm not mistaken. So we know how repaves go. The racing sucks for the first half decade, and then after the sixth or seventh year, then racing is going to start getting better. So if you're NASCAR at that point, you're like, okay, do we really want to wait five, six years after a repave or just turn into a short track? It's what the fans like. So short term no long term yes i do like the current configuration of auto club we don't really have those many big oval two plus mile ovals nowadays i think just indianapolis daytona talladega and michigan might be left in terms of the country but in terms of the long term thinking you know into the future i think this is the right decision I think it's the right decision as well. If it was a mile and a half racetrack, then absolutely I'd be 100% for it. Like, oh yeah, turn that into a short racetrack. That'll be great. But being one of the only two-mile racetracks minus Michigan, it it feels like we're going to be missing a big part of what we've been used to seeing here in the Cup Series schedule. But who knows? Maybe we'll come to this racetrack. Maybe the next gen will figure it out. We'll have more exciting races here at these shorter racetracks. And it will provide great racing to the point where where we think to ourselves, man, I am so glad they made this change. I, a perfect example, uh, Atlanta Motor Speedway in the 90s used to look almost kind of like a bigger do- uh, Dover. 
and then they decided to change it to a quad oval and it provides some great finishes for us between the 2000s to the 2011 so you never know either way big renovations coming to auto club speedway and speaking of that, why don't we dive into the most important thing that you guys tune into for every single episode, and that is the top fantasy picks. It is definitely going to be a lot different compared to Daytona. We are we were doing pack racing over there. Now we go to large intermediate racing. Which driver should you go with? Which driver should you sit out? Nope. <laughs> Didn't mean to swear right there, guys. Uh, slip of the tongue. But without mm. further ado, let's dive into it. This is our top fantasy picks for the Pala Casino 400. Alrighty, you guys. So you guys know how this goes. We're going to be talking about 15 specific drivers, five drivers who we feel like will not only do great as far as getting you fancy points, but we'll be running for the victory. We have another five drivers that will round out the top 10. Sometimes you want to go with these drivers to save some of your top picks because sometimes you never know what could happen near the end of the race. And then some drivers to take a gamble on. Remember, you can only use one driver 10 different times in the regular season. After that, you can't use them anymore. So you want to find drivers that you wouldn't usually use at every single race that could really stand out at this particular racetrack. So we will dive into all that. Let's look at our top picks. First and foremost, I think the people who are going to be running near the front are going to be Chevrolets in this race. And one driver who really impressed me at Daytona, who I think is going to bleed on over here to Auto Club, is going to be the number eight of Kyle Busch. I really feel like he's going to be a top-tier driver here this weekend. Based on the results we've seen in the past, the only result looked really rough was last year. But even then, we got to think to ourselves, I think at one point he went seven laps down. Seven! And he was still able to come back on the lead lap and finish 14th. Of course, that could boil down to luck, but still very talented at this track. Has had two victories here in the last seven races. I don't know about you, Armani, but I think Kyle Busch is a great pick to go with this weekend. Oh, I like the pick Kyle Busch in terms of my list. He's on my list as well. He's with a team that arguably should have won the race last year. You know, assuming a tire doesn't, you know, Reddick was up front before he blew that tire and obviously got taken out by William Byron. So, same car with a driver that's won multiple races at this track, including, I believe he won it back in 2019, so not even that long ago. So Kyle Busch knows how to get around this track, and I really do like that pick, and he's in my top five. Yes, and you were correct. 2019, he led 134 laps with an average running position of third. Clearly a dominant driver in that race. Another top driver to go with, Armani, who do you got as a good top driver? So one of the top drivers that I have, and I'm pretty sure a lot of people are going to have them as a top driver, it's the driver who won the race last year is Kyle Larson. He loves his style of racing, running the high side, bumpy track. He's won this at this racetrack a couple times, won it back in 2017 as well, obviously won the race last year. By um, controversial circumstances, to say the least, if, especially if you're a Chase Elliott fan, you might have some other thoughts on how that finish went. As a Larson fan, I'm just happy he got the win. But... Kyle Larson's another top pick I would go with. Another top pick that I'm going to go with, maybe you wouldn't consider him a true top pick, but he's actually my pick to win the race, and that's the 48 of Alex Bowman. Bowman Mm. won the race back in 2020. He dominated that race as well, led over 100 laps, won both stages. He's my pick to win the race, especially with I have high hopes for him and Blake Harris. New crew chief coming in after, I believe it was Greg Ives, retired. So I got 200 guys, and Kyle Larson and Alex Bowman as more top picks on my list. 
That is a very interesting pick. I, I, I'm not going to argue with you there. I think Alex Bowman is a great driver to go with. In fact, if you are going into one of those leagues where you can only pick one driver each week, I know a few people who run those leagues that um, listen to this uh, show. I think Alex Bowman is a great person to throw in right here because he was able to win this race back in 2020. His average running position is usually around the top 10. And let's look at other intermediate tracks. Uh, Michigan last year, he was able to run around the top 10. Pocono, he was right there in the mix as well. He finished 11th, but still was able to score about 30 fancy points there. So that may not be a bad idea to go with Alex Bowman. If you find him up front, it's obviously going to be under weird circumstances. They're going to take a weird strategy, but you might be right. That duo that he has with, what what is his name? Blake Harris. For, for some reason, I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, it's Blake Harris. Okay, so I had it right, actually. Blake Harris. This could be a great duo, and it could lead that 48 car back into victory lane. So two more drivers to go with here as top picks. Let's move away from the Chevrolets. Why don't we go the Ford route? And I think one Ford you you definitely got to look at. He's always good at the beginning of the season. Everyone probably was relying on him getting the victory at Daytona. I think this race, he has a really good shot to be a top contender. How about the number 12 of Ryan Blaney? Ryan Blaney's average running position in the last three races has been 7th or better. In the race in 2020, he was able to lead 54 laps. In 2019, he was able to score a top 5. Granted, he has ran into some problems, but sometimes you can't really hold that against the driver. Sometimes you just have some random stuff happen. But one thing is for certain, he has had fast cars here at Auto Club. Ryan Blaney, I think, is a great pick to go with. And to round up the rest of the top picks, we have the number 22 of Joey Logano. He's similar to his teammate. Great finishes. In fact, let's look at his last seven races. Fifth place finish, 12th place finish, second place, fifth place, fifth place, fourth place, seventh place constant consistency coming out of this number 22 car he had a great run at daytona he's gonna be having a great run here at auto club you can't really shy away from those penske drivers ryan blaney joey logano definitely some great picks to go with here this weekend i actually do like those picks joey logano like you mentioned ryan blaney as well so a couple penskes a couple hendrix i'm surprised though none of us have picked any toyotas Yes, that is very true. I, I'm looking at this Chevrolet, 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 Ford and Ford. But I have a feeling we're going to be talking about some Toyotas here in a second. But for now, those are the top picks. We have the number eight of Kyle Busch, the number five of Kyle Larson, the number 48 of Alex Bowman, the number 12 of Ryan Blaney and the number 22 of Joey Logano. Now we will move on here to the rest of the top 10. These are the drivers we feel like can fit in the top 10 as well, score some stage points here or there. I started off the last round picking Kyle Busch, so I will let Armani start off this group. Who do you have here in the top 10? Well, the driver I was going to mention is the other 100 driver, and that is William Byron, the driver of the number 24. I know he took out Reddick because he had an issue and they both DNF'd out of the race, but if you look at where they were running in the stages... Stage one, he finished third, and stage two, he finished ninth. So he's definitely able to get up there and collect some stage points. So William Byron is someone that I don't think a lot of people are really going to be looking at. And here's the thing I like about William Byron. He always starts the season off hot. He teeters off at the end, but especially when the season's starting, that's when you want to use the number 24. So for fantasy purposes, I think that would be the time to use him. Another Mm. driver I think that you should use is Austin Dillon. Dillon is really good here at Auto Club, believe it or not. He has an Xfinity win or two here, I believe. He's got a couple of poles here in the cup level at Auto Club. He's got a bunch of runner-up finishes. 
So Austin Dillon is a driver who not a lot of people think of when it comes to Auto Club, but he is a driver that is sneaky dangerous when it comes to this track. Yeah, you know, Austin Dillon was able to finish second last year, and people might be a little nervous to use him, but in the last five races, 11th or better, minus one race in 2020. It was a little bit of a rough start for that number three team, but definitely when the the team is hitting on all cylinders, they will be running up front together with both the number eight and number three. You saw it last year with Tyler Reddick and, and Austin Dillon. This year will probably be the same thing because Kyle Busch is really good at this track. So keep an eye on Austin Dillon. Maybe a really good one to go with. William Byron is a very risky pick, but I totally understand why people want to go with him. I'm a huge 24 fan. It's just... He hasn't gotten a top 10 yet here in the Cup Series. So he can run up front. I I don't think anyone's going to deny that. He'll be running up front. The question is, can he finish in the top 10? That is the most concerning thing. But he's led a lap at every single one of the Auto Club events that he has attended. So definitely have some power there. All right, for all the Toyota fans, I'm going to put you guys out of your misery. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to include two Toyota drivers to go with here. Trust me, it's not going to be that the Toyotas are going to struggle. I just don't think they're going to be running for the victory, but you shouldn't shy away from these two drivers. I have the number 11 of Denny Hamlin and the number 19 of Martin Trex Jr. being drivers who can run inside the top 10 throughout the entire race. Denny Hamlin, let's first start off with him. The beginning of 2022 season, we can almost scrap that. It was just horrendous luck for that number 11 team. Even when they ran really good, they just somehow just had something random happen to them and they were not able to finish up front. With that being said, with his 15th place finish in 2022, he was running around the top 10 throughout that entire race. Now, before that, a top 10 finish, a top 10 finish, a top 10 finish. Back in 2017, I believe, he was able to finish third and lead a couple of laps there. Uh, Even before that, led 56 laps and unfortunately finished 28th. But you're seeing a pattern here. He typically runs around that top 10, and he's going to be a person you should sit in your third or fourth spot. I I don't think you're going to see him in victory lane, but you're definitely going to see a lot of consistency. And sometimes you absolutely need that for someone that you have in your third or fourth spot. Now let's move on over to Martin Trex Jr., his teammate. Kind of in a similar situation. His results have been a little bit lackluster compared to Denny Hamlin, but they've still been really good. 13th place finish, 14th place finish. Both those, he was able to score stage points. So luckily, we he was able to get some higher points than that you usually see someone run around that spot. But then before that, an 8th place finish, a victory, a 4th place finish. And those races, he was able to lead 125 laps, 73 laps, and 21 laps. So definitely some great performances by these drivers in the past. I just don't think it's going to be at the same level as some other drivers that we have mentioned here before. Do you really like the Toyota drivers, Armani, or maybe against the idea of having Toyotas on your fantasy roster? The num- the one Toyota driver, obviously, you got Denny Hamlin and Truex. I don't think... Has Hamlin won a race at Idol Club? I don't believe he has. Uh, he's been very close multiple times. Everyone remembers 2013, how close he was. Fortunately, it ended under um, rough circumstances between him and Joey Logano. But no, I don't think he's gotten a victory here yet. But Ham... So I like Hamlin. I like Truex. Obviously, he's won a race here before. Two drivers I will be looking... Well, three, actually... And those are the three young guns for Toyota. I'm going to be looking at Tyler Reddick. Can he repeat that same performance that he had before he got in that wreck that he had last year with RCR? I'm also going to be looking at Bubba Wallace, that 
20, I almost called them the 45. I'm still living in the playoffs for 2022. <laughs> that 23 team, they have been very strong on the mile and a half. Bubba obviously won a mile and a half. I know Auto Club isn't a mile and a half, but they race kind of in that same vein. You basically group an Auto Club with a mile and a half, an intermediate, if you will. And then Ty Gibbs, he's another one where I feel like this is going to be his first true test. You know, full-time driver, not just subbing in, just trying to get laps. This means first true test as what he could do at the cup level. So I'm going to be looking at the three young guns for Toyota. Bell, I'm not really too worried about. I can see him doing well. I can see him, you know, I think he's going to be around the top 10 mark. But those are the three drivers in terms of the Toyota camp. I'm definitely going to watch, see what they can do. One thing I ha- I am worried about Bubba Wallace, uh, we have seen the good performances at the mile and a half, especially last year. It just hasn't bled on over here to Auto Club for some reason. 19th or worse in his last four races here. But if you look at Michigan last year, he was able to finish second and lead 22 laps. Then you go to Pocono, which is a longer intermediate track in itself, led four laps, was able to finish eighth. So, yes, Bubba Wallace has had some talent here at the intermediate tracks. Just for some reason, it just hasn't bled on over to Auto Club. Maybe he changed that this year. We've seen it many times before in the past where it's like, I don't know, this track, even though it's similar to others, they haven't had that good finish. And then all of a sudden, they just have a phenomenal run. So it could very well happen. Ty Gibbs, it was a struggle transitioning on over into that 45-23 car. But at Michigan, he was able to finish 10th in the 45 machine. And then over at Pocono, I do believe he had himself a good run. Uh, I think he finished 16th overall. But I think at one point, he was flirting with the top 10. So, hey, the young guns may not be a bad idea. Either way, you should not shy away from Toyotas all around. Now... I want to give one final spot in here. I know we've thrown six drivers here. I'd say two Chevrolets, two Toyotas here throughout the top 10. But we have to include this one driver. I feel like we can't keep him off for too long. The number four of Kevin Harvick should be a solid driver, a reliable one to go with here at Auto Club based on his past few finishes here at this track. He has been able to finish 7th, ninth and fourth. Stuart Haas Racing may not be at the same level that we saw back in 2020, but Kevin Harvick is consistent at quite a few tracks. One of those tracks has been Auto Club. Obviously, Phoenix is another one where he's always consistent at, and New Hampshire. Armani, do you like Kevin Harvick here in this race, or do you think this is going to be the uh, race that he ends his streak and it's going to end on a bad note here in his career? This is honestly one of Harvick's sneaky good tracks. I remember back to 2018 where if he didn't get in that incident with Larson, he probably would have won four races in a row. It's been the first time we've seen that in over 10 years in the cup level at that time. But Harvick is actually a really good pick, especially because, you know, it's his last year. He doesn't really have a lot of pressure on him because he knows this is basically it. And also, this is Kevin Harvick's home track. So if there's any place besides Sonoma that he would want to have his best performance, it would probably be Auto Club. Absolutely. I I agree with you on that one. So those are the drivers here that will uh, conclude the top 10. We have the number 24 of William Byron, the number three of Austin Dillon. Then you're going to go with two Toyota drivers. You can either go with the veterans of Denny Hamlin or Martin Trex Jr. or lean towards more of the young guns like Bubba Wallace or Ty Gibbs. And then we will close it out with the number four of Kevin Harvick. Now it is time to look at drivers to take a gamble on here this weekend. We got a lot of drivers here on this list. Some drivers are going to be missing out on this, but it's going to be very, very close. 
I have been looking at a lot of stats and I'm just thinking to myself, man, who do we want to go with? Who should we put in? Who should we leave out? I think one driver, I'm going to go first on this one because I feel really, really good about this pick. And I think you guys will feel good about this pick as well. Um, A driver with a team that just changed their name, just also had added ownership. He's been doing really good at the super speedways, and he was really, really good at the larger intermediate tracks, including this race last year. You got to look at Eric Jones and take a gamble on him here this weekend. He was able to finish third last year, lead 18 laps, an average running position of fourth, and it bled on over to the other racetracks similar to this. Michigan, he was able to finish eighth, score 42 points altogether in that race. And then when you look at Pocono, he was able to finish in the top 10, lead 11 laps. It's going to be a really good run for that 43 car. I don't see anything stopping this team, especially with the momentum that they've had with their new ownership. I think 43 car, great person to take a gamble on. Yeah, Eric Jones is someone that definitely a lot of people are going to pay attention to, especially because. Jimmy Johnson's coming in. Here's actually something that might entice people going back to that Jimmy Johnson one. I believe Jimmy Johnson is the all-time winner here at Auto Club Speedway. So you take that and you already take a great car and a great driver at this track like Eric Jones. I can see the 43 potentially being in contention for the win. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look at last year. A perfect example. He he was able to lead quite a few laps, and his average running position is fourth. And that's including going down pit road um, when when the green fl- in green flag pit cycles. Man, I'm all over the place there. But what I'm trying to say is, for the most part, just staying in the top three throughout the entire race. It's gonna be a solid run for the 43 car. Now, now, hopefully, he doesn't run into any problems. I mean, there's gonna be a little bit of lack of practice. I feel like here this weekend due to weather, but definitely a driver who could be a contender if everything goes in the right direction for that number 43 team. Another driver to consider taking a gamble on, in my personal opinion, is a driver that I don't think really anyone's thinking about here for these tracks. Uh, you might think of him always at super speedways, but this is a race you really need to consider, especially for the fact that he's had three top tens here in a row at Auto Club. The number 10 of Eric Amarola, a good driver to take a gamble on based on his past performances here at this racetrack. Last four years, he has never finished worse than 12th. He led seven laps in 2019. His average running position is around the top 10. And I know people are not going to use him for all 10 races. Uh, You want to find the races where Eric Amarola can finish in the top 10. Auto Club Speedway has been one of those racetracks. That's a sneaky good pick. You're probably not going to use Amarola that many times anyway. So, honestly, Auto Club, like you mentioned with the stats, that's a pretty good option. I tell you the truth, I just did my fantasy lineup as well, and I included guys like Bowman. I put, I believe I put Austin Dillon in my garage. Eric Jones is in my lineup. But I did not think about putting Eric Amarola in there as well. So, that's actually a really neat pick. I might have to switch up the lineup just in case. Yeah, I mean, not not many people recognize that. He 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 doesn't really make a lot of noise here at this race, but he is able to close when it matters the most. If if that is your your driver in your fifth spot and he scored 27 points, 
you're going to be sitting around 200 points if you're able to get your guesses right on which driver to go with. Because remember, in Fantasy League, you pick your six drivers, five count to your points, and then you have four matchups. If you're able to get those right, and then your fifth best is 27, you're going to be winning that weekend. All right, Armani, I have picked the first two. Now give me a driver to take a gamble on. Well, we talked a little bit before the show about this one guy, but your defending Daytona 500 champion, Ricky Sandhouse Jr., he finished in the top 10 in the race last year, and I believe he was around the top five before, you know, a couple of cautions came out. He still managed to finish in the top 10. So, listen, the Chevrolets are usually pretty good here at Auto Club Speedway. JTT Doherty obviously won the Daytona 500. They're going to want to prove that that's not a fluke. And Auto Club is a pretty decent track for Ricky Sandhouse Jr., I believe you mentioned. So, that's one driver that I would put kind of just throw in there as a potential, you know, I guess bursting the bubble, if you will. And another one I'm going to put, going to go back to the Ford camp, believe it or not, I'm actually going to go with Chase Briscoe. Looking at the stats mm. from last year, finished fourth in stage one. I don't believe he scored any stage points in stage two. As a matter of fact, he didn't, but I believe he managed to grab a top 10 as well. Or excuse me, get he finished 16th, but he's another driver that just starts the season off hot. I remember back to the beginnings of, the, of last year, he was in contention for the 500, contention for Auto Club, contention for Phoenix. He was up front, so I like to go with the guys who are going to start the season off hot and early, especially with the big teams like your Byrons, your Briscoes, your Bowmans. I think this is the race where you really want to utilize them. You know what? I was honestly kind of leaving him out as a fantasy pick, but you know what? You bring up a really good point. There's two good points here. He's re- he was really good at the beginning of the season in 2022. He was definitely one of the biggest shockers. I think the biggest one was Ross Chastain, but the second one you had to be uh, Chase Briscoe during that time. And Steve Latart mentioned something very interesting. I think it was at the Indianapolis Road Course race. Rookies or new drivers don't really start figuring out the Cup Series till around after their 75th race. And this is going to be, I do believe, race number 76 for Chase Briscoe. So it's around the time when you usually see the good drivers really start to sprout out and be fierce competitors. And if it's anything compared to last year, expect for him to run up front. Although the finish 16th may be a little worrisome. That's why you got to honestly take a gamble on some of these drivers. Uh, With that 16th place finish also came 20 laps led. So Chase Briscoe, at first, I wasn't really thinking about him. But you know what? After you said that, he may not be a bad person to go with. Maybe keep him in your garage area, see how he does for the first two stages. But if he's running anywhere around the top 10, throw him in. It's going to be definitely going to be someone who's going to pay off for sure. One last spot left. We've we talked about 14 drivers. Now we just have one spot. And I don't know about you, Armani. This one... Kind of seems like a tough one. I'm really looking at a few drivers that could fit this spot. But if I had to pick one driver to take a gamble on who could be head and shoulders above the rest, I got to pick a driver from Trackhouse Racing. No, not the number one of Ross Chastain, but the number 99 of Daniel Suarez for the simple fact that one, Intermediate Tracks was where they really, really shined uh, during the 2022 season. And two, when this team was still trying to figure out being a two-car team, he was still able to finish fourth in that race. Fourth place finish with an average running position around the uh, outside the top 10 slightly. But you know what? This team is on a completely different level from what they were about a year ago. And even then it was impressive. So I think the final driver to take a gamble on will be the number 99 of Daniel Suarez. You always have that one driver or yeah, I always have that one driver where you just, 
you're like, I, there's someone I'm forgetting, and Daniel Suarez is that one. Was it, I believe he was either on the front row or he was leading, actually, in that race against Kyle Larson, but obviously he didn't yep. get the good restart, and he wasn't able to win the race. But people forget that Daniel Suarez nearly won this race last year, so I actually really like that pick. Yes, yes. Uh, again, it, a few of these drivers take a gamble on. Usually some people are just like, hey, you know, I, I'm thinking about that driver. He had a good finish here one time before, and it could really pop up. This, I, I'm not going to lie, doing these fantasy picks, these are probably the five most shocking drivers to take a gamble on. That I don't think anyone really thought of, and it could really save some people on some drivers who we know you're going to use 10 picks on. I mean, like we, we were just covering on Eric Jones, you're probably going to use him for max eight picks. Eric Onrola, probably about four races. Ricky Stenhouse Jr., three races. Chase Bristol could be right around that mix as well as Daniel Suarez. But these drivers should be real good substitute drivers to take a gamble on, and they could really pay off and be the difference makers from P- um, having you win the league to being about mid-tier for this week. Now, before we dive into the drivers who did not make the cut, I am going to include the featured matchups. I do realize the importance of this. This is a big separation. You could score 40 points or end up with zero, and it could be so heartbreaking, especially if you pick the five best drivers. If you're not able to get the featured matchups right, it could be devastating for your fantasy roster. So here's the first matchup. We got Ricky Stenhouse Jr. and the number 16 of AJ Allmendinger. I think uh, uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., based on what we've seen, should be the right pick to go with. What do you think, Armani? Do you think Ricky Stenhouse Jr. or AJ Allmendinger? Well, considering I had Ricky Stenhouse Jr. in my top 10, you know, in terms of picks, and AJ didn't even run this race last year. It was Hemrick who ran the race. Where I actually believe he finished in the top 10. So Colic is able to run up front here with that 16 car, but it just wasn't AJ. This would be his first race at this track with the next gen, so I'm taking that into account. But I'm taking the 47 over the 16. 47 over the 16. What about this next matchup here? We got the number three of Austin Dillon and the number 43 of Eric Jones. Definitely a good matchup here. Eric Jones, we we talked about it. He was a front competitor in the 2022 race, but you got Austin Dillon, who's his teammate is Kyle Busch, who we feel like is going to be running for the victory. This one's a tough one. I'm leaning more towards Eric Jones, but maybe Armani has a different idea here. I'm leaning towards Eric Jones, too, simply because he was consistently up front more throughout the race. You see it with his stage finishes. Second in both stages, obviously third in the race. Dylan Moore came on through in the end. Eric Jones, I trust more on a consistent basis rather with Austin Dillon. I could see him flirting around the top 10, top 5 if things go crazy, being contention. Whereas I trust Eric Jones more to be consistently up there. Whereas Austin Dillon, you just kind of have to wait and see. Yeah, I think for an overall run, it should be Eric Jones. But near the end, it could be Austin Dillon. We never know. The endings of these races could be chaotic if you get a late race caution. So who knows? But it looks like both of us are in agreement of the number 43 of Eric Jones. Next matchup here, Alex Bowman in the 48 and the number 45 of Tyler Reddick. Tyler Reddick did really good in this race last year. We talked about it. He led quite a few laps. If he doesn't get caught up in that incident with William Byron, he is more than likely getting his first victory in the Cup Series at this racetrack. Unfortunately, that didn't play out. He is with a different team. He's with 2311, who we talked about, had some good runs at the larger intermediate tracks. And then you got the number 48 of Alex Bowman, one of the most surprising drivers always at the beginning of the season. He's got a victory here in the past. He looks to do really good here once again, starting off the season and strong like he always does 
I'm on the fence of this one. I think the right answer is Alex Bowman just by an edge, but I could also see Tyler Reddick. I'll, I'll go with Alex Bowman. What about you, Armani? Well, considering I have Bowman winning the race, I put my Motor Minister pick of the week on TikTok, the first of the year on TikTok. I'll throw in my TikTok later on the episode. But considering <laughs> I have Bowman winning the race, by default, I gotta say that he's gonna beat Tyler Reddick. And again, the uncertainty about 2311, we don't know how they're going to perform. Kurt Bushman to finish inside the top 10, but I, I think you got to take a Chevrolet here with the Auto Club. I think they've just been the stronger manufacturer, especially in the next-gen era so far, the very brief next-gen era. But, I mean, I can count the amount of Chevrolets that have been in the top 10 You know, last year. Obviously, they swept the podium positions. So i got to go with Alex Bowman simply for the fact, if not any, that I have him winning the race. Yeah, you know, I, I thought that this was going to be a very interesting debate on your head, and then I have short-term memory loss and realize that that's who you have winning the race. So, yeah, um, Armani clearly going with Alex Bowman. Me, kind of on the fence, but I am definitely leaning toward Alex Bowman. And then the last matchup here. Now, many people probably consider this to be the hardest matchup. I think for Armani and I, just based on what we've talked about, this might be the easiest one. The number five of Kyle Larson and the number nine of Chase Elliott. They were teammates. Well, they've been been teammates for the last couple of years and that but last year a lot of people were very surprised on how hard they raced each other there near the very end Kyle Larson was able to get the win but Chase Elliott definitely was not a fan of Kyle Larson after that race I think you still got to go with Kyle Larson he has the finishes to prove it Chase Elliott has had the good running guards but unfortunately his finishes have not been at the same level I think this one's the easiest one I, I you're going with the number five Kyle Larson yeah, yeah, I'm taking Kyle Larson, two-time <laughs> winner here at Auto, two-time winner here at Auto Club Speedway. Obviously, won the race last year. Was up front from most of the day. Like you said, Chase Elliott he has good runs, but he just doesn't have the finishes. So I'll take the guy who's done it twice here at this track. I'm going to take the five. My guy, Kyle Larson. I I hope that comes out um in the recording where we hear Armani go. Yeah, that's why I'm laughing. We'll have to look at the replay. <laughs> but, oh, man, that's why I had to bust out laughing because that was pretty funny just to hear that. But, yep, he's in agreements with me, the number five of Kyle Larson. So, ladies and gentlemen, those are the fancy picks to go with here this weekend at the Pala Casino 400. Let's look at a few drivers here real quickly. We'll go through these drivers as fast as we can and talk about the drivers who just missed the cut. First, starting off with Ross Chastain. Best finish here in the last four races he has attended has only been a 17th place finish. Uh, it's it's definitely going to be a better race for him. I feel it. I just don't think we have enough to rely on for him to be a reliable pick. And trust me, lots of intermediate tracks this year. You're going to use him at another race. So keep him on the sidelines for now. Austin Sindrick. It, he is going to be the third best driver on that team, I feel like. Penske should be a strong running performance, but... I feel like if you're going to pick Penske, you you only want to go with two drivers, and those two drivers being Ryan Blaney, Joey Logano. Best to probably sit out Austin Sindrick here for this weekend. The number six of Brad Keselowski. Ah, man, like I talked about it, he's got great finishes in the past. It's just with his number six car, it, his finish was 27th. 
And even looking at the other tracks, Michigan, he struggled in that one, barely got a top 15 finish. And then at Pocono, again, barely a top 15 finish. I don't feel like you want to throw Brad Keselowski on your fantasy group if you feel like the best he can do is a 15th place. I'm not loving it. It's best to sit him out here at this time. Although I do see better results coming for that number six team here in the future. The number seven of Corey LaJoy, best finish being a 28th place finish. We'll move on from that. Chase Elliott, probably the biggest name that missed off on here. Guys, there's plenty of other better races for Chase Elliott. His finishes have been up and down and all around, and I don't really want to rely on that. Those 10 races that you're going to want him in, he's going to be scoring about 42 or more fantasy points as a number one, number two pick. You don't really want to rely on races where maybe he can get a top 10. It's best to sit him out. J.J. Yaley in the number 15, best finish being a 31st place finish. I I don't need to really um, go into that too much. The number 16 of A.J. Allmendinger. Yep, yep. (laughs) Armani's in agreement (laughs) with me on that one. Number 16 of A.J. Allmendinger, he missed this race, and we just don't feel like it's going to be a strong run for him. The number 17 of Chris Buescher, best finish being a 16th place finish. He has never finished in the top 15 here at Auto Club, and I don't feel really confident putting someone like that on your fantasy roster. The number 20 of Christopher Bell, we kind of talked about him. Do keep in mind his finishes here have been really, really rough. He's finished 36th and 38th, been caught up in incidents, so... I think it's too risky of a pick. I think he's going to be near the top next week at Las Vegas. But for now, let's save him. I think there's many other races where you can feel more reliable on that. The number 21 of Harrison Burton, they're still trying to figure things out over there in that camp. Harrison Burton hasn't really shown me anything yet at this time. He has a victory in this race in the Xfinity Series. But until I see the performance with Wood Brothers, it's best to keep him off in the meantime. The number 31 of Justin Haley comes up next. Justin Haley's finish here last year was 23rd. I don't really see anything being a dramatic change here from what we saw last year. I think maybe a top 20 finish is their goal, but definitely not fantasy value. The 34, Michael McDowell, very shocking on how he was not able to finish well in the Daytona race. Yes, he got caught up in an incident, but it just didn't feel like a great run for Michael McDowell and Front Row Motorsports. So let's keep him off. His best finish in the last uh, five years has been a 22nd place finish. So I feel very confident leaving him off in the meantime. Number 34, Todd Gillen. If you're not going for Michael McDowell, Todd Gillen, you're going to sit him out as well. The number 41 of Ryan Priest comes up next. Ryan Priest, great runs in the expedition race and Daytona. I think this race is going to be a little bit lackluster compared to those. I, I think right now it's still a brand new driver. Armani, I don't think you're going to really complain about keeping Ryan Priest off at this time. Yes, you got a lot of Stuart Haas racing drivers, but Ryan Priest, mm, just not feeling it. Noah Gregson in the number 42, a rookie. Uh, if you're going to trust a rookie right now, I think Ty Gibbs over Noah Gregson here in this race. That's our honest opinion. And then we got the number 51 of Cody Ware. Cody Ware's best finish here at this racetrack has been a 32nd place finish. Uh, Yeah, moving on. The number 77 of Ty Dillon comes up next. Ty Dillon's best finish was a 17th place, but that was with the number 42 car. He is with a lower ranked team, so I don't think his finishes are going to be better. And then rounding it up, we got the number 78 of BJ McLeod, who got a really good finish here, finished 22nd for the team. But when you look at fantasy, 22nd place is nothing. So you really don't want to rely on that. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was the rest of the drivers who were not able to make it on our fantasy picks. But that is every single driver that will be on the entry list for the Pala Casino 400.
And that will conclude today's episode and our fantasy picks. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Quite a fun little uh, episode here for the Fantasy Filler Podcast. Armani, where can the fans find you at as far as social media goes, as well as your podcast? Well, yeah, so you can find me on social media. Most of them are at Motor Minister, especially on TikTok. I'm starting to be a little more active on there. Just got news that, I, so I for my Motor Minister pick of the week, I said the Auto Club 400, and apparently that's not even the name of the race. So you guys know what I mean when I say Auto Club 400. Let's just say that. I mean, Oh, yeah, no we all know me. what you mean. We yeah. all know what you mean. <laughs> so you can find me on Twitter and TikTok at Motor Minister. That's the two places I'm the most active at. You can find my podcast on Spotify, Google, Anchor, Amazon, and YouTube. Probably missed one there. It is the Motorsport Ministry. I haven't really done a podcast in really a couple months, but I'm working on some things. You know, some improvements, potentially moving the studio to a new location. So keep an eye out for that. Hopefully we'll have the podcast back up and running soon. But that's where you can find me on the internet. Awesome. And you guys can find me on TikTok. Twitter and YouTube at Vanilla Wafers. Some of them have 44, but trust me, there's not that many people who have Vanilla Wafers as their name. And we have some big announcements here. Armani doesn't even know about this. So you guys probably saw on social media if you've been following me there. We just hit 3,000 subscribers. We also had another accomplishment. The channel on YouTube, Vanilla Wafer, just hit 1 million views. 1 million views. I'm so happy about that. Thank you guys so much for the love and support. It has been a lot of fun making these videos for you guys, and I don't plan stopping anytime soon. Next video should be out here within the next week as I will be talking about some of the biggest modifications that we have seen at racetracks and whether it was good or it was bad. Of course, probably the inspiration for that is with the Auto Club Speedway change, but I think it's going to be a fun video to to listen to and watch it it should be a lot of fun to make and also next week very important here i will be at the race at las vegas motor speedway i hope to see a few of you guys there uh, if you, you'll probably see me out in the garage area i will be hanging out with the number 78 team as i will be on the deck lid which is going to be freaking awesome it's going to be the time of my life and i thank you guys so much for giving me that opportunity so a lot of exciting things coming out of the vanilla wafer camp but above all, guys, the, let's conclude today's episode. I have been your host, Vanilla Wafers. We have been able to take it to the front of the field, so why don't we grab that checkered flag, do some burnouts, and head on out. So you all take care. This has been the Fantasy Filler Podcast.